Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Welcome to Bluebells Forever. And I, I'm triple blessed today. I get to have three amazing uh, Bluebell and Bluebell adjacent dancers with me today. And I've been really, really excited to interview and get you all together because there's some just wonderful things that you have created in this recent time of COVID, which is really inspiring me and a lot of people to see that some people are just waiting and there's not much they can do. And some people are creating really beautiful things. And I want to share about what each of you did. I'll have you share that, but just uh, the visual, the aesthetics of what you've done, it's so beautiful. And it makes me emotional. And I'm realizing, I think as we're we need it so much right now. Like if we're seeing just the inside of our house, we don't get to go out and see shows. We don't get to see museums. We don't get to do much except for Netflix. So there's something I just wanted to say of why it moved me so much. I think it's just the beauty and, and new creation in the presence of what just feels like blah. <laughs> and a lot of anxiety and a lot of <laughs> things going on in the world, the boredom. So there is something of seeing this new thing come up. And I've interviewed a few people that are creating in this time that are current bluebells or dancers or have that's from a little bit further back, but they, there's a lot of wonderful things that dancers do besides dance and have wonderful brains and creativity. And I think it's really good to see like the different facets of dancers. So I wanna introduce, let, let you introduce yourself a little bit and who you're representing as far as your company. And then would love to get in a little bit of your story as a dancer and then how these new things came to be. So Simone, Chris, Defaro, I did that wrong. Yes. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Just a little bit about yourself, of you know what show you're a part of and what your new um, your new baby. Okay, so I'm a little dancer. I'm a little boy. Um, I've joined the company about six years ago uh, with the start of the new review, Paris Merveille. So it's the new show, the show that we still see uh, at the Lido right now. Um, and literally about two years ago, I've um, founded a company with the other two colleagues uh, called Revarte, and it's uh, a company that basically creates uh, artist content for events and also production shows. And uh, we, uh, we we basically create everything from A to Z. We uh, we create our own costumes. We create our own design. Uh, we uh, we create the concept, the, the 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 staging director, everything that you can basically think about when you think about putting a show on. Well, we do it. So there you go. <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, we'll come back to that because I have so many questions about that too. Wow, I didn't know you all that. Okay, yeah. wonderful. So Emma Rigby and yeah. Sophie, oh, Dim, Dim Dab? No. Dib, Dib, Dibdin. <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> um, can you guys, maybe, Emma, if you want to go first about where, what show you danced in and the creation, then we'll go back for more detail a little yeah. bit more about but just who you're representing here so technically I'm not a Lido girl I'm, I'm a Mulan girl and I've been there since um 2010 um so a long time now nearly 11 years wow um and yes and I created Kalon with Sophie in middle of 2017 that's been almost three and a half years since we created wow. 
Wow. And Sophie, tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about you. Uh, yeah, so I'm Sophie, and uh, like Emma just said, I created Kalon with her um, back in 2017. I was a Lido dancer from 2009 to 2014, no, 2014, 2009 to 2014. Um, so I was a bluebell in the, uh, the name of the show has literally just flown oh, no. out of my brain. Oh, no. um, in oh, the no. Bonheur show, thank you. <laughs> you know when... So, so many things have happened since then that it's just, even though I have a poster of it in my apartment, I see it every single day, but yeah. No, in the Bonheur show. Um, and yeah, created Kalon uh, with Emma in 2017, which I guess we'll go into more detail with that later, so I won't say too much yet. <laughs> well, this is, because I only um, have followed everybody since I started in the podcast, so <clears throat> everything looks new to me, but I didn't realize you were creating this while you were like, in some two of you are in the shows while you're creating this, right? So this this isn't just happening, but it's been out there. But maybe I'm just seeing it more now, and it's getting more push now. So yeah, Simone or Simone, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we'll come into the creation of it. But let's can we talk a little bit about you as a dancer? Like, are you from Paris? Are you from France? No, I'm I'm, I'm originally from Italy. I okay. come from the, yeah, I come from a very small town in between Rome and Naples. And uh, well, I started my dancing career as almost everybody in a small village or so in, a, in a private dance school until I was 18. And then I wanted to go out. I wanted to go discover. So I moved to Rome and uh, I joined the National Academy of Dance in Rome for three years. And then after that, I just went around and did everything that I could possibly imagine to do, literally. Mm. <laughs> literally. Yeah. How did you how did you end up at the Lido? Do you um, was it just like this is just another thing? Because I know dancers know about more, the more shows you do, the more shows you know about, the more opportunities you find out about. Well, it was it was it was actually weird because I was working in London in a show and I was working with a, an acrobat called Massimo in uh, Alasia, which would uh, they worked they worked in the, in the Lido shows until about C'est Magique, I think. And so I was working with them in this show and I didn't know their background. I didn't know where, uh, where they came from. I didn't know they, they used to work at the Lido. But then the Lido audition came up and, uh, and Massimo was like, well, you really need to go and do it. Uh, it's a fabulous show. It's going to be a fabulous show. Uh, I had a, such a good experience and when I worked over there and you really need to go and try it. So I went and I, and I got the job, fortunately. Yeah. <laughs> and moved right away to Paris. Wow. And then did you, you've been staying there except for now with COVID. So the other one was job to job to job. And then did you kind of like find your roots in Paris then to stay exactly, a little longer? Exactly that way. Well, well, I was young and I wanted to do as many things and I, as I could. So I went after my three years in Rome, I went for two years working on cruise ships. So I went all around the world and that was great because I love traveling as well. So the, the combination of the two, it was beautiful for me. And then I re it was a dream of mine to go live in London. And I went to I went to London. I wanted to speak English. I wanted to learn to speak English. So I went over there and I discovered all the musical part of the showbiz. So I went in there with the with all the hopes imaginable. <laughs> and I tried. I tried everything that I could try because I I, lo I loved everything about the showbiz. So. I tried everything that I that I could, and uh, yeah, and, and then I came to Paris and I settled down, 
the leader uh, as the Moulin Rouge, as all these beautiful cabarets that are around the world, are the few of those maisons that give you the chance to kind of settle down and just enjoy your job and not stress about the next edition uh, every six months. So it was really a blessing for me when I came to Paris. I have one question before we actually get into Revarte, but when you were doing those shows, were you really watching? Because I've talked to people that in the shows just do their dance, they go to their thing. There's people that are really paying attention to like how costumes are made and design and they, they're just paying more attention backstage. Were you one of the, because it sounds like you want to learn and try everything. Were you kind of enamored or checking that out or just like observant or <laughs> not well, even curious? I I'm always very curious about everything, everything like even just when I walk around and I just need to see every single little detail about everything that surrounds me. But to be honest, if I have to say that when I first got here, I understood what went into the creation of costumes and what went into the creation of scenography. No, I would say no. I came here, I was a dancer, I was only a dancer. I loved performing, but I didn't really, and I didn't really know the history behind the Lido. Like many dancers that come to the Lido don't know what was the Lido and what it is the Lido, what the Lido represents for many of us. And so I gradually discovered it. And to be honest, uh, thanks a lot, thanks to Jeremy Boucher, which <laughs> you interviewed, his passion and all his knowledge about the Lido just made me love everything about it. And that's why then I created within the, the company because I discovered something that I didn't know existed really. And I wanted to learn. Yeah, he's he's educated a lot of us that back in the day didn't know what we were part of. And like Jeremy knows more of the history than we knew when we were creating it. <laughs> so he's been wonderful and it's kind of made a lot of people more curious. And then being at the reunion last year too, to see the history that none of us at the time really had any awareness of how, how far reaching that has been. Like dancers go from there out into the world and bring other things that they've, they've captured there and then can spread it around. And I think it just raises the excellence all over the world. So I think it is really good to know like who you're working for and like yeah. history. I think a lot of people don't care to learn that, but I love that that it's it's becoming more more known. Well, thank you, thank Emma. You. I feel like I know. I told you before we started because you've been in my living room almost every night. Because I've been doing the the um, Kalon. Uh, I'm now a member, and so surprised how much I love it. But I feel like we heard your voice. I'm like, oh, I know you. You're on my um, big screen telling me. And, <laughs> yeah. You Attachment. So tell me a little bit about your upbringing as a dancer and how you ended up at the Mulan. Yeah, so I, I actually started, I started doing all types of dance, like ballet, modern, tap. And I actually ended up when I was 14 going to the Royal Ballet School in London. Um, so I kind of joined a little bit later than everybody else. And so I, ha I had like so much catching up to do to like get to the standard of being a classical ballet dancer. So I spent probably for when I was 14 to 19, just like, you know, incredibly focused and, you know, working every single day, every minute of the day to become a ballet dancer. But I, I did it, I managed to, to do it. And then when I got to about 25, I was like, finding it just, it's, it's such a different world, you know, it's, it's amazing. You have those like moments of glory when you're on stage but like the rest of it is just you know a lot of pain a lot of you know your toes are just in shreds you know it's 
full on it's like an army um then I was thinking like maybe I should stop when I'm before I'm too injured and before I'm just like mentally too scarred from this and and um I was thinking about being a Pilates instructor because I've, I've always like absolutely loved exercise like genuinely and um but then I was like no but I don't want to stop dancing until I'm too too young so that's when I tried for the the Mulan because I, I really loved modern dancing and tap and and I didn't it was nothing about being on stage but that's the part I really loved and obviously being at the Mulan and the Lido what the amazing thing is you can be on stage every, it's like every single night whereas when you're a ballet dancer you're working up to maybe a week on stage and then the rest of it is in the studio working 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 and then you get those like a little week of glory on the on the stage mm. so I, I, I genuinely really appreciate that about coming into the cabaret world that you know you don't really get you can get like a little bit of stage fright but it's not the same thing it's you get quite comfortable and you can genuinely enjoy joy mm. being on stage and it's not stressful when did you did you get your Pilates certification while you were still professionally dancing at the Mulan? Yeah, and then and that was also an amazing thing about the Mulan and the Lido, like you can do other things alongside. So you have to go into work at about seven p.m. and up till then, unless you have a rehearsal, you have your whole day free. So you you can train and other things and have other projects going on along the side of being in those companies. And so, yeah, I did, I, I got my Pilates training and then um, I just really wanted to do something different with it. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm sure there's like much more than just being a bog standard Pilates teacher. You know, I had this dream of having a bit more zhuzh to it than, you know, kind of the standard stuff you can do. And that's when um, me and Sophie decided to come together with, creating something that was which ended up being Kalon. oh well yeah because i the zhuzh because i was saying before we started too is like you can find all kinds of things on youtube now because i i back in the day just had dvd a million dvds of pilates and yoga and all the things yeah <clears throat> but a dvd player that even works anymore so it was youtube and i'm like well this doesn't feel the same so as soon as i subscribed and i did my very first year with yours <clears throat> i was like this the the zhuzh but it doesn't, it also could feel like, oh, these are glamorous showgirls. I feel like a frump at home in my sweats doing this. It doesn't feel that way. I feel like there's a lot of honoring that you can see beauty and not be um, threatened by it. <laughs> and yeah. that's why doing all the interviews of dancers are such lovely people. So I think when you can see someone and go, oh, they must be snobby or whatever, they're like, oh my gosh, they're such gracious, wonderful people. And even just hearing the camaraderie between shows and the friendships is such a beautiful part that I love to to, sh to show because I think people because it can have that aloof look on stage like that you're untouchable because you're so incredibly beautiful but to see you know you're in your living room or where your beautiful recording studio and we're in our house and you might be wearing nicer outfits but now I want to buy all the clothing so I'll ask you about that later <laughs> <laughs> the apparel thank you Anna thank so, you tell a little bit about you uh, how you became a dancer at the Lido and your dance journey Pleasure. Um, so I am half French, half English, and I grew up in the UK. So I um, did my dance training over here in the in the north of England. Um, and same as Emma at first, you know, it was all about 
ballet, tap, modern, you know, you do a bit of everything really, especially in um, English dance schools. Um, did a lot of uh, different types of, of disciplines and absolutely loved it. And I um, decided when I was 15 that my dream was to be on stage at the Lido. <laughs> so I, uh, when, I, when I went to see the show for the first time, I, I was coming a lot to Paris because um, my mum's my French, so half my family is over here. So I, uh, I knew about the cabaret world very, very well. And, um, and I knew that to get into one of these shows, you had to be very tall as well. And like ballet wasn't, I mean, I loved doing ballet, but I, I wasn't ever a ballet girl. So it wasn't really my thing. So I was really very much about the, the, the show girl um, and the, you know, high kicks. Like I was pretty, you know, flexible and everything. So I, I really, really wanted to enter that uh, world. And um, I auditioned when I was 17 um and yeah I uh was too young to get in because I got <laughs> chosen to I I stayed all the way to the end uh, and um then they the last step at the time I don't know if they still do it like this but at the time like they filter everyone through and then at the end there was a few of us left and then you get interviewed and then Pierre Rambert who was the artistic director at the time who's a big name in the Paris uh, uh cabaret uh, world he he looked at my CV and he was like hang on a minute you're only 17 <laughs> so you can't start now I'm afraid it was just like just such a disappointment and then um but I I, I waited a few months because it wasn't long until I was 18 and they called me back and then I was like yes I'm ready I'm coming I'm packing my bags I'm on my way um and that was it and then I started the, the Lido yeah just a baby and um and uh, it was just a dream. And then, and then after a while, I mean, like Emma said, um, you know, it's, it's very um, easy to have another activity alongside working at a place like the Lido because you only need it at, at night. So uh, I went back to university because I, I missed um, school um, and I wanted to get back into that and into more academic education. So I, I did a bachelor's degree at first I was doing first I was in um, uh, translation and uh, interpretation I was working in the French English and Italian and then I moved to Italy for a bit so um, I know Rome a bit where of us which obviously as Simone said he that's his uh, his town so um, I uh, spent a bit of time there then came back to Lido I danced actually in Rome as well a bit. Oh, nice. yeah um, in like small cabarets and um and then yeah and then came back to Lido carried on uh, then did a master's degree in intercultural management and then um that was when I knew that I wanted to just like sort of go further than I didn't want to be just dancing every night I really wanted to create something I wanted to run a business I wanted to do something that was meaningful um and I after I, I left the Lido, I, I moved to Chicago with my now husband. And um, over there, I was just so inspired by the way American people, but also not just people, women, um, were just so sort of supportive of each other. I, I was going to a lot of like networking events and um, meeting lots of very different, interesting people and entrepreneurs. And, um, and I was just really sort of inspired by them. And um, uh, and then parallel to that, I was I discovered a method over there called Pure Bar, 
which you may have heard of. It's quite a big franchise over in the US and just got, I just got completely addicted to it. I just absolutely loved this thing, this pure bar. And I, and, and one of the things I loved was this cam camaraderie that you just mentioned as well, actually. And, and we, you know, we were friends with the instructors and we would have like drinks after class and hang out. And some of the girls I met at class, I'm still friends with now. And, um, so I, I came when I came back to Paris and Emma we'd been friends already for years and we spoke and I was like look you know this is just this I was doing this pure bar method like everyone's friends we need to create this kind of um ambiance in our class in our like in a concept that we should create and then Emma was um creating the cardio bar method which we which we now um own and 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 teach um, so yeah, we really came together to start creating uh, Kalon, which today is a real movement um, that is led and created by professional dancers, um, which create workouts with a touch of showgirl glamour. So we really work with people, as you know, to sculpt their body like a dancer, but you don't. But it's accessible to everyone, and um, it started out uh, with like. Uh, some events like pop-up events that we were doing back in 2017 it was just me and Emma um, and then we started doing retreats where we were doing like a full you know week of the experience um, eat uh, live and work out like a dancer so healthy eating having a good time that camaraderie again that we were talking about you know the clients really getting to know us and um and then we did the same thing in Paris with our classes. Um, and then when COVID happened, we developed it all online um, and tried to maintain that same, those same values. And, and um, we're just going really international with it, especially recently with the app and, um, and accessing a whole new uh, audience. Because I have my my ending of my podcast every time now is is the words pivot, bevel, swivel, and, sh and shine. Because I just kind of was joking. <laughs> because everybody keeps saying pivot. Like, I don't know if you're hearing it over there, but in America, it's like people are pivoting. They're, you know, changing. Yeah. Course. New and that word pivot. I'm like, well, that's our word. That's a dancer word. So it just feels like, you know, you still can do what you did. You don't have to just quit. But you're pivoting and and because with COVID, the, like I have a dance studio, people don't want to come in when the cases are rising, Zoom, people are just burnt down on Zoom. But we also, we can have people that don't dance at our studio anymore, we have a virtual dance day. So we've got people here and then we've got dancers who have moved somewhere that can join us. So the people mm. that pivoted quickly, you know, because some people are still figuring it out. And in the meantime, people have already moved on to something else because we've had many months of boredom and looking for something. So when you see something good, because I remember at the beginning Absolutely. seeing some videos that were Kalon without knowing what it was really. I just recognized Renee because I think I had just interviewed her. There was something with a pool and the legs. I'm like, what is this? This is beautiful. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I wish I had Paris to do it. And then that was when this launched. I went, oh, this is for everybody. So I want to thank you for that because I, I just want to be in Paris all the time now. But mm -hmm. I know that I can still have that, that accessibility, which is wonderful. So was that plan that you guys would start to take this like international as a uh, membership or was it well this is what we have now so this is what we're going to do mm -hmm. well the thing the pivot that you just mentioned um if i can go back to that i mean that's that's exactly what we did i mean we it seems maybe to certain well to many people that we've just launched this now and yes this is this version we've launched now but in order to get there 
we had to make that pivot very very quickly and and back in march when the um when the covid when the lockdown first um was put in place in in paris emma and i in two days we put that together um emma was like just bashing out the videos like just filming all these videos at home and i run the, the business so i was putting it all in place getting the platform set up you know doing all the tech side of it so we were really just like both of us just um you know putting everything uh, into it and um all our energy and in two days we had it ready uh, to go and at that time it was just um workouts in uh, emma's living room basically um <laughs> and living room those beautiful with that light i wish that was my living room no uh, if you'd seen the videos before it's like a huge difference to what oh, you've seen yeah. now it's like my sofa in the background and my dad walking back behind me (laughs) (laughs) but then you know that was very much uh, on a small scale you know we had our regular clients that would love Emma and our other teachers so they were just happy to be able to continue doing the classes they didn't care about whether it was Emma's parents living room you know they weren't bothered about that but Obviously, you know, as time's gone on and we've seen that this has been this is something that has a real future and isn't just a temporary measure. Um, we we've had to adapt and we've grown the team and we've um, uh, we've worked really hard on on developing a new strategy. And, and um, in November, we well, it's taken us four months. Actually, there was about two months of prep up until the filming in November and the videos that you've seen today and that are available on the app and the new platform. Those are the version two. Uh, actually, even version three, actually, because in between we were filming at a hotel partner of ours. We were filming in a, in a studio. But again, it still wasn't the same standard. This is really just like the um, there's been a, a long road to get to what you're seeing today. But this is the version that um, we can finally scale, you know, that we can tell the world about because it's there. It's a professional product that really represents who we are. Um, mm. It's not, you know, Moulin Rouge dancers in their parents' living room. It's Moulin Rouge dancers with a visual and an outfit and makeup and heels and lighting and everything that goes with it to 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 represent um, that that professional standard um, of teaching that they that they are able to offer. Can you share what, what classes that you have on there? Because I knew a little bit what I was going to get in for, and then I got on and I, I had so many choices. And I could mix and match. Like, I only have this much time. Oh, I feel like I'm going to do this class and this class. So can you tell what classes you have available on there for get people excited? Our main class we have on there is Cardio Bar, which is like our signature class. Um, and then but we have really something for everybody. We have a classic yoga, Pilates. Um, we have sort of specialized classes, even we call it like dancers, legs and feet. So they're workouts that help you strengthen your legs and feet and ankles. And that's also great for normal women just walking in heels so they don't sort of, you know, go over their ankles. Those kind of classes are really handy for, for everybody. Um, posture classes. I help. love that one. I saw, that was a little bit of gyrokinesis in there, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I love that one, yeah. Anyway, yeah, keep so going. I, I try to take all of the things I've learned from everywhere and like create these workouts so that you know, it's, it's, you might, yeah, exactly. I, I've done gyrotonics training. So I, I used all, the, I love gyrotonics. It's such a good method. So I used all the things I've learned there to, to make it a little bit 
and adding a little bit of the zhuzh that I was talking mm. about. Emma's our artistic director, so she really puts together all the workouts, to, even for the other girls. You know, she's everything she's just said, like that's it all comes together with those dance elements in there as well and making it just different and unique. And like the posture workout, I love that one as well. Um, the posture workout with the experience of gyrokinesis in there. Yeah, it's, it's so, very it's interesting. So, I'm a massage therapist and dance teacher. So I feel like when you see things that are like, eh, that's kind of iffy as far as somebody can get injured or like you see yeah. people in yoga with their really, like their ribs sticking out, like they're going to get hurt. But I, I look at those things like, cause I've had two hip replacements, I'm 61, but I go, I feel so safe doing because it's very well thought out. The progression is really wonderful. I'm not going to like launch myself into something I'm going to pay for later in the bad yeah. way. Like, I'm just going to tell you all, if you want your butt to be amazing, I've been doing this for a week. You shall see it. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> but it was <laughs> different muscles because I think you can do squats, you can do all those, but dancer I mean like you miss all the main rotators with a lot of the ways yeah. a lot of structure even traditional yoga like you're missing the in-between muscles that stabilize the pelvis and there's so many things that I just appreciate as a very kinesthetic aware person as a teacher and doing it for myself because there's things I had to stay away from recovering from my hip replacement so I was yeah. leery and when I did this I'm like everything feels safe but it's getting muscles that no but not, no other exercise was getting to that my SI issues have calmed down. Like I'm just going to yeah. do this plus to give a great butt, but also we need to be able to walk and function and not be in pain. Oh so. God, you're like you're like our dream client. Can you just write all of that on a, <laughs> on a thing and we'll, we can tell everyone <laughs> on, on a review on a on a Google yeah. review. I will do that. <laughs> I think if people think, well, I'm not 20, I don't have that. And I do have to say, one thing I absolutely love is the showgirl workout. Because it is, mm. if someone has never danced before, they could still do that and feel glamorous. And then you can do it over and over until you master. Because I did it once and I'm like, I want to do that again. I just feel like I kind of learned it. So I just want to put the very last few minutes on just to dance it because it made me feel less frumpy. You know, like who bothers to put on pants and bras these days when we're not leaving our house? So it feels like oh, <laughs> a little glamorous. Maybe I'll put my earrings on when I do it this time. But there is something also that feels really important right now is to just not feel frumpy <laughs> yeah that's and like about how we connected with rev rt is they helped us they helped some of the girls do those <laughs> is that embarrassing but no. so they so um no, i think he's laughing at the pronunciation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm english <laughs> right the best we can with all these wonderful yeah, i'd love to talk about that too we can circle around with all this too so yeah. how does connect because also i have a question simone with doing the show they don't care that you are doing your own production shows that's one thing that feels really unique that it's mm. not like a lot of people you work for you can't do anything extra because it would be considered competition or it's going to yeah. distract you so the fact that you had the freedom to be creating shows and still perform is kind of amazing i, mean, I think i i i had a lot of support especially from my manager like they she knew exactly what i was doing she supported me from the very beginning she helped me. She 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 gave me suggestions. I mean, she she was really really supportive for this. And I think and I think, I mean, we can only be dancers for a certain amount of time in our lives. So it's good for a manager to incentivate this. You know, to to tell your dancers to say, well, you can only be a dancer for a certain amount of time. So anything that you wanted to explore, go ahead. And that's what she did. So I, I'm really lucky about that. Yeah. I've talked to a few people that their career just ended either an injury or they didn't get rehired and then they don't really have anything 
prepared exactly. and yeah. you're grieving the end of your dance career with nothing to really bolster you through for what's next. Yeah. And Hilary Sakonis, I had her on here. I just love her to pieces. Like she talks about that. Like even in France, they have an advantage that we don't have in America, like that transition period, because yeah. like how hard is that? You don't want just unemployed dancers that have no, no way to, to take care of themselves, but also contribute. So I think that that's so smart and to like fortify you guys to go do this and like, and say, yes, go do this. So I feel like if people we do things- We're really lucky here in France. We have all these advantages that the government put in place for us, but you need to be smart to, to, to know that you have to use them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they, they will not use, they will not need anything if you don't use those, those, those things that the government put in place. So why not you, as Emma was saying, like you can do both, you can do both very well. You can do in the morning what you want to do after your dancing career and even you go on stage and you leave it all out, out on stage, you can do both. So it's, it, it, I think it's, uh, it's necessary to, 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 to think about what you're going to do after your dancing career. Because otherwise, you, I think, well, what I didn't want for myself, I didn't want to just uh, get to the, the end of my dancing career and, and say like, and now what? And just, you know, just turn on something that I didn't want to do. And, and uh, this way, with the time that you have trying to get in ready for your next part of the life, you might choose something that you actually really want to do. So that, that was my goal. Super encouraging. So you, yeah, if I can, oh, sorry. I, I, I was just going to ask if I could just jump in on that because this is one of the reasons why we work with Revarte is that um, Kaylon, part of our, I don't know whether you, you know this or not, Sherry, but um, part of our, I guess you could call it ethos, is that we, um, we really work with professional dancers to help them in their career transition as well. And not only to help them, but also so that we can benefit from their qualities because um, there's, there's a lot of sort of preconceived notions about dancers who, you know, you've spent your whole life being only a dancer. So, well, what do you have to bring to, to, to what, what, what qualities do you have to bring to me? Like you've never worked in an office or you've never done this, you've never done that. You haven't done this, educate, had this education. But in fact, um, there are so many qualities that um, a company and a company, especially like ours can benefit from, you know, dancers are extremely rigorous, uh, creative, um, also they are very disciplined they understand the importance of being on time because you can't be late when you're starting a show you know there's so many things that uh, you can benefit from and and we work I mean you know 95% of the people who work with us and not, not just the teachers um, anything like developing strategy developing social media marketing communication photography video filming and editing um, and this is where Rivarte uh, has come in with us is that we work um, very closely with them because obviously uh, they are talented individuals, but also they are professional dancers. So they totally fit in with what we do. And um, Jer Jeremy's, you maybe know this, but he's a beautiful illustrator and he's been doing some incredible illustrations for us. Um, he's created some beautiful video content for us. Um, and then we've worked together on videos like Simone directing um, and they've been producing our, our video content. Um, so we brainstorm together a lot about uh, ways that we can work together. And it's almost like kind of a mutual help yeah. and support system as well. Support. That is so beautiful. So the, the video or like even the when I got the members, I'd seen that video and I've been sharing it. 
I'm going to share it more after I've interviewed you. Like, please do this. Because the whole thing with the, the gorgeous costumes and the little cute editing of Snap, mm -hmm. the, I think it goes the other way around. They're in their workout clothes and they're so gross. That is so beautiful. Yeah. And it makes me go. That's oh, all Rivarté. That that's them. That's Jeremy and Rivarté. Yeah. Who really created that. Beautiful work. I mean, it's just, everything is so stunning of how, how and professional. So that, again, that makes people like, I'm going to subscription. And if you were in your living room, I would pay for it now. But when COVID is done and you go back in, are you going to keep these online things going? Because I, oh, yeah. I can't come to Paris. I want to still be able to do this. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're working now. Our, our goal is, you know, we're taking over the digital fitness market. <laughs> uh, we're, yeah, we're, work, we're working really hard on that. Yeah, we're in the process of, um, there's a lot of things that are ongoing at the moment. But um, we, yeah, we're, we're um, targeting the US. We're targeting uh, different areas in the in the world, um, including Australia as well, who they they're very aware of of um, Moulin, the Moulin Rouge Lido scene. So, something that they're interested in. We're um, yeah, we're we're really really going to be pushing and developing that. We're filming. I mean, you see now on the platform the amount of videos that you've got access to. But we're in a couple of months. We're going to be filming double that again, and then more and more and more. And we're building, 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 building the team. So it's only going to go like this. Don't worry. Oh my. <laughs> Because I will probably work my way through. I keep looking like I'll never get through these, but I'm like, oh, I will. It'll be wonderful to know that there's more. Simone, I have a question for you. So during COVID, have you been able to produce things? This is been your main thing because without being able to theater, when you have this ability to do digital, you're way ahead of the game for people who weren't doing that. And now like everything's closed down. They really, a lot of them don't know how to get their work out there. How has that been for you with COVID to produce shows? Like, have you had... Well, uh, to be honest, uh, we, we haven't been able to actually produce shows. What we were focused on was, uh, was to create content, constant content. We wanted to keep going. We wanted to, to never stop. We wanted, especially because we just uh, literally two years ago, we created the company. And then after a year of activity, the COVID came down really, really hard on us because we were just starting to go in somewhere and then the COVID just cut everything. So what we wanted to do, we wanted to keep going. We wanted to have hopes. We wanted to stay positive. So we kept creating. We kept creating costumes. We kept creating concepts. And we put all the co those those contents out there for the world to see. So if you, I, I guess I guess you can say it's like a, a digital production, like a digital show. So yeah, we that way we we kept doing it because that 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 what it it is what kept us active and alive in in some way Do you know what i mean like we love doing this so it, it was a perfect moment for us because we had a lot of time on our hands we we stayed home we literally we stayed all uh, learning how to sew and learning our different skills to put back into the into the company and so yeah we just kept going oh my gosh because i think for mental health too because if you're just like i'm never going to go get to do that thing but the mental health to be creative is like keeps you i think the word i used yesterday i was talking to well, a few people it's um hope is defiance mm -hmm. against fair because you can just give up but when you're hopeful you're being defiant like i'm you have to have the energy to create because for some people when this started they were going to write their memoir they were going to you know clean their house we people did it for two weeks and then they just went I can't like the depression is setting in and once you get under that it's really hard to get out of it so the fact that you guys were like already started 
Mm-hmm. I have a question about your costume design. Like, because uh, they're amazing. One of my favorite, well, I love the big red feathers, but also the upside down Eiffel Tower bodice. That is so gorgeous. Thank you. Um, so, Jer- is Jeremy, are you all collaborating? Yeah, well, Jeremy um, is my colleague at the Lido. He's also my fiance. Uh, So we spent a lot of time together. And when I say a lot, I say a lot of time. (laughs) And uh, and, uh, it kind of came naturally. One of his best friends, Clement, who is our um, uh, co-founder as well. We're three in the company. Well, Clement was uh, was a dresser at the Moulin Rouge. And uh, yeah. And he worked on the um, on the new show of Jean-Paul Gaultier. So he he did a lot of that. He had all the experience behind the tailoring of the costumes. So when I first got the idea of creating Revarte, I, I had in front of me the person who can create the costume and the person who can design the costume. And I was like, bingo. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Well, wow, and they are so beautiful. They're so, because uh, I've had Pete Menefee on twice. I don't know if you know who he is, but he designed for Don Arden, Jubilee, yes. and Hello Hollywood. I got to wear his amazing costumes. He yeah. did Rockettes and Ice Capades. He's like Carol Burnett. He did, not Carol Burnett, that was Bob Matt. He's done like all the celebrities. He's so good. And he's such an amazing, wonderful, humble man. But he really like, you know, he can, he can see like, this is well-made, this isn't well-made. And he talks about the certain feathers and how you can see stuff that's almost like a knockoff and like, well, that was, cause I try to make costumes. I, I don't sew, I use a glue gun and it looks like crap. Like, I'm like, you know what? This is a very small audience. When, when I can afford it, I'm gonna have nice costumes made. <laughs> but the excellence of your costume, like those are, I mean, they look top line. Thank They're you. so beautiful. They're so well designed, but also they look like really wonderful. Um, I mean, that's what we try to do. We try to make a difference. I mean, there's a lot of companies out there that, that are creative. I mean, that, that, that's, that, there's a lot of companies creative, but what differentiates us is that we try to put in our company everything that we learned from the cabarets where we worked in. I mean, Jeremy, as you said, it knows the history of the cabarets. I mean, it's amazing. And Clément has this knowledge, like he worked at the Moulin Rouge for a very long time. He knows how to make the costumes the way cabarets made the costumes to make them last longer than two months yeah. because they go on stage uh, for two, twice every night. I mean, there's a lot that goes behind into, into creative, creating a costume. And I mean, you can see it. You can, as soon as it comes before your eyes, you can see the difference in between something that where you put a lot of time and a lot of hard work and passion and something that you just mm. I'm thinking of those dancers too, that must feel good. Cause if you've been used to being in the Lido and the Mulan, you're wearing beautiful costumes to wear something less than would be like fine. But you get, that's like, there is something also, I love how um, beautiful it's, it's sensual. So I think there's this thing of the way that both of them, Rivarte and um, Gilan is very um, classy, sexy where you know, I think even the word cabaret, because sometimes just think, you know, it's raunchy. I don't know. It's just like a word I think is being reclaimed in a different way of, of how classy each teacher is so classy, but they're, you know, the nobody's in a thong bending over teaching you and the, the costumes also like it goes together. Everything just goes together so well, but it makes sense. You guys have come out of this long history of being in the shows and not just watching it and like, oh, I'm going to mimic it. You know, and oh, what it likes what it feels like to wear beautiful things. You know what it feels like to feel honored on stage instead of cheapened so i think that you're offering this bit of class that we that just is so appealing as well mm-hmm. um and we only have a couple of minutes but uh 
going to honor your time, but I would like to know if you uh, wanted. Um, I, I can last a little bit longer, Sherry, if, if uh, that's no problem. I can, I've got another 10, 15 minutes. If the baby, if it might, I've got someone looking after him for the time being, so we're okay. <laughs> okay. How are you with a mom? How old is your child? Uh, he's going to be one uh, in a few weeks. So he has lived through the COVID year and through a lot of uh, unusual times. Um, yep. And for, for me as well, it was definitely challenging because, yep, there were, last year was a lot of this, things at once, but uh, we got through it. It flew by. <laughs> yeah, like just having a baby is enough. And then like dealing with COVID and then starting a new business, that's a lot. Had you decided... Mm -hmm. Retired, not retired from dance, but did you stop performing to focus on this or were you maybe going to go back? Well, I was, I, I stopped because I, I was going to do my, my um, second year of my master's degree and um, it was already hard enough for like the first four years. So the oh. fifth year, there was, it was just far too intense. I, I, it was just, it was, I mean, it was, it was just literally impossible. There weren't enough minutes in the day. So I, I left and then, um, and then, yeah, that's when I moved to the US and, and, um, and then, yeah, with Kalon, the thing is with Kalon, though, I don't feel like I've, like, we don't work on the stage anymore, and I'm not a teacher, but I don't feel like I've left the industry at yeah. all. I'm like, I'm so in it. You know, we all are, and I think that's the cool thing the about what we... The, the eyelashes sometimes. Yeah, we, yeah, sometimes, yeah, well, we're in the photo shoots, like, we still get to wear, like, Rezate's costumes and put the makeup on, and that brings uh -oh. back some amazing memories, but... But it's um, it doesn't it doesn't feel like I've really left. We're so involved, like you know, every day. I don't know how many times a day I say the word showgirl, Lido, Mulan, crazy horse. Like it's just part of my everyday vocabulary. <laughs> oh, I interviewed um, Ellie Wicket yesterday, who was Mulan, and her barely there um, song, songs, strings, G strings. We all have different like we call them. I, I'm gonna get those. Yeah. Good. The whole creation of it and like that's so smart but just also kind of putting it more out there that she is a dancer or was a dancer because there's an appeal to that like I want underwear designed by a, a showgirl if I was ever a showgirl or not like I think the fact that you know the, the, you could have done this without that connection but I think that appeal is just like I want to be a part of that I'm going to do it from my home so there's there is that his the whole thing of the collaboration is so good and the fact that you're bringing in these dancers so I know Renee, who are the other instructors on there? Like what is their connection to Cabaret World? And um, Oh, we've got so many. Like the lead well, girls, Annalisa. Yes, that she's leading, okay. And um, Lucy is Lido as well. Amy. I don't know whether she knows Lucy. Well, like Amy, Amy, I don't know either. Amy works with us, yeah, more in developing the company, but we have, I mean, who else? Uh, well, Charlotte, obviously, but Charlotte, again, isn't a teacher. Although you may have seen her on the platform because she did a one-off heels tutorial and a, and a choreography. A tall Brazilian yeah. ex-soloist. She's on all the posters for the new show. I'm trying to get her, um, we were trying to set up her interview for this. We had to push it back a little bit, but that would be a yeah, fun she, she's She's in Bali at the minute, so she works with us uh, full time she works with Kalon she's um our brand director and she's she developed the line of clothing as well that all the girls are wearing I in love the, yeah she designed them and then actually Jeremy drew them and um then we got a dresser from Lido friend of ours who sewed up the prototype so yeah Charlotte was in charge of all of that and 
the branding and and the social media content as well so yeah so she's Lido and then who else like uh well we have a ton of crazy horse girls as well um we have about I mean now we have a team of about 25 people this makes me love the companies even more I love that you're keeping it like kind of keep it in the family but the family of dancers and showgirls that because I or a lot of these other girls were they going to school for business or other things while they were dancing or had that underneath them or are they kind of being trained on the job? Uh, it depends on uh, on which which girl. I mean, you, of course, like everybody has a, their own interest in in a different field, and we have girls who, for example, Amy, who works, um, who's really part of our, our core team, um, developing the strategy of the, of the company and, and, and works alongside me as well on, for a lot of projects. Um, she uh, did a master's degree in luxury art management um, a few years ago. So she's um, very much sort of business focused and, and loves that aspect of things of the company. So that's why she works with me a lot. And then you'll have girls like or Charlotte, who um, went to and uh, did a degree in a fashion business and, and created then her own line of shoes. So she's very much more about fashion and aesthetics. Um, and then like Annalisa, for example, is about to embark on um, a master's degree in communication. Um, so then possibly she could be working with us at a later date as an internship and um, in an internship position. We do that for the girls as well, like it gives them sort of a, an experience working with with us um, and then they can even put it on their CV and then possibly continue working with us after um, or help them to sort of as like a um, a stepping stone thanks um, onto another position um, and that's what other girls have done with us before. Elodie who now she she um, worked with she was a dancer at the Lido friend of mine since I arrived there and then she went on and did a communication and social media uh, strategy uh, course. And then she did um, a, a six months sort of internship with us. And then she got a job at the Lido and now she's the Lido social media manager. So she had her first experience with us and then went and worked with them. Um, and she still works with us now. Um, but yeah, so th those are sort of examples of how uh, the girls have been able to to collaborate with with us as well as as more than just a teacher if that's what they want to do right oh my gosh yeah because longevity you know that's an important thing that people don't get to really process as a dancer sometimes still too late simone mm -hmm. your team you and jeremy and the are there more people on your are you so we, we, we we three co-founders but obviously we have a, a lot of hands yeah. Uh, they help us uh, for the for the costumes and for the creation of course well we have um we, we have one dresser who is the one actually that helped kaylin uh manufacture creating their um, line of uh, uh clothes so we, we we exchanged that as well and uh, we have freelance tailors basically they work with us when we have a project coming up so we call them up whenever we need them but mainly it's the three of us mainly it's me jeremy and uh, and clement that uh, get together when there's a project coming up and just come up with the concept and the whole idea behind the show do you have choreography that you offer as well like if someone wants yeah. to show, who does yeah. that or share that it or it, well, we, we do it together with Jeremy, but mainly it's me because Jeremy has been quite busy recently with the, with the leader and other things. So uh, it's mainly me, but we do it together sometimes. 
and it's been it's been one of the I have so many dreams so many I had so many dreams when I when I started dancing and one of my dreams were to to be a choreograph and then I discovered tailoring so I started to do that then I discovered photography and then I'm starting to do that so I'm trying to do everything like it's been a constant uh, trying to do everything that you can possibly do and, and just do it just go for it yeah well that sounds like when we first started the interview too like I want to try this I want to try this I try this because it is interesting I'll interview some people and they stayed in the same show for 11 years and they were fine they loved it they had mm -hmm. families they went to school and some people that I interview are like like for me I did one year at Hello Hollywood that was my first Bluebell John Don Arden show but then I go I want to do a small show I want to do funkier I want to go live in the tropics and some yeah. people like because it was just too insecure not insecure but not enough security for some people to not know what your next job was but when you're young it's like oh there'll be more because there was a lot a lot of work back then but for some people you know like I'm just going to stay put or people have children and stay but I love that all those can exist in the same dream yeah. So when you, are you are all spread out or are people, everybody in Paris or your team like doing everything? My team, yeah, my team is in Paris and, and mainly in Paris, we have the, 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 the luck that everybody lives pretty close. So even with the lockdown, we didn't have many issues uh, working together. So yeah, no problem. No problem with that, fortunately. Oh, good. Because mm -hmm. I'm thinking for making costumes, you can't be in different countries. Yeah. I mean, you, you can brainstorm you can brainstorm but yeah you have to be in the same place especially because there's a lot that goes into making a costume and a lot of steps before getting to the the, the actual end result and you have to follow all all those steps because even if you miss one step the end result will never be what you actually wanted so you really need to be careful that the whole team is on the same page and we all go together following each step oh wow yeah. Wow. Um, how about for you guys, for Kaylon, are you all in, all in Paris or are people kind of spread out? No, we're all over the place, aren't we? <laughs> how does that work for you? Because the videos, when it's time to shoot again, will you just have everybody has to be in the same place to shoot the next workout videos? Luckily, um, we've all got like residency in, in France. So I'm in England at the moment with my family, but I can come back to, to Paris whenever because all you need is just proof that you're not going on holiday there and that you're actually living there. So it, hasn't, oh. it, hasn't, it sounds, when you hear things on the news, it sounds quite dramatic, but in our case, it isn't too bad. Yeah, we it? managed to work around it. And the thing we, we have with our platform filming is that um, it's like a, an intense sort of week or two where we would get the girls to come um, to Paris specifically for the shooting and then they just go off wherever they, they are. I mean, the, the, the core team, as in like the team running the business right now, we're sort of spread between Paris, London, Berlin and Bali. Um, so obviously in Bali, we're not going to get her to come back, but she could do anything from over there. That's the beauty of, you know, the internet. Um, and then for the rest of the girls, like for example, at the end of the month, we have a big photo shoot planned, uh, which is going to give us, you know, a few months of beautiful like social media content and promotional material. And for that way, um, we've, we've got our selection of girls uh, that, that we want involved. And um, they're all going to, if they're not in Paris, they're going to travel to Paris. Uh, like Emma's going to be uh, coming to Paris and Amy's going to be coming from Berlin. Um, get them to come for a week, uh, do what needs to be done and then and then go back. And then from then on, we work 
I mean, like today, I've spent when me and Emma have been on calls all day long with each other and other people from the team. Like everything's just done on Zoom or Google Meets or WhatsApp or whatever, and we're just working all day just um, in our own home offices and on the phone. <laughs> wow. And before, like, when this happened, I didn't even know what Zoom was. And then with a dance studio, I'm like, and then people were teaching on Zoom before I even knew that it was a thing. So we had to pivot <laughs> quickly and get on that. But it is like, how would we have done this like 20 years ago? Like businesses mm. wouldn't have made right. it. Like how would you have right. an option to keep a business going or create something that like, well, this is the where the world is moving. Like that's why I talked to Hillary. I love that. Cause like we are going more digital. We are more global. And if you don't catch on to that, other people are already going there and yeah. making exactly it's a rat race yeah <laughs> oh, okay. we're like, Ooh, we have to get we have to up our game because yeah. yeah the game is beautiful and i look every time i see a new one i get excited and so i'll keep sharing when this this episode comes out anything you want to give me to share like the videos the so i would love if some photos of each of you in that because it's fun to see where you came from like to see you as dancers on stage and to see that you are both so as we wrap up, is there anything that you would like to say to a bunch of dancers who are home going, will I ever get to do this again? Or that are kind of hitting their place of like, if this is it, like any inspiration that's not fake? I'm sure it's not it. I'm sure there's, there's going to be future. No, People always need stronger. And I, yeah. I think, I think just go out there just create just invent just just do stuff i mean you have the time now because unfortunately we have the time <laughs> just go and explore and explore all the different arts that are there and and maybe you find something that you didn't know you were passionate about but just go for it i mean there's a lot out there there's a lot and there's loads yeah. of like really famous dance teachers that are now doing classes on zoom that maybe you could never get into their class and all of a sudden you could just do it on zoom and it probably costs like 10 pounds and not um however much an expensive dance class would cost i think that's I, i'm trying to do that just find my favorite teachers and, mm. and go in their classes yeah yeah the access and that's what like emma said you know that's not it it, it it can't be it because People always are going to want art. People always need yeah. that kind of emotion. You know, they want to, maybe right now it's not possible and it's it's obviously very sad, but, you know, the minute everything, the minute we can get back to a normal life, you know, these things, it's just going to explode because people just love, they miss it. People miss going out to the theatre, to shows, yeah. uh, you know, to restaurants. Like, it's just going to it's there's going to be just a whole other pivot but the other way around again once all of this is is over yeah. and, and it's going to be worth the, the wait so my little thing to at home is you should take the Kalon classes for strengthening your ankles because when you put heels on after wearing your slippers for a year you're going to need to have some strengthening <laughs> like <laughs> i can see Definitely. all coming out like falling off our yeah, so the whole thing, like, instead of working out just so you can, like, look buff, it's like, we really need it for our bodies to be strong. I do massage. People are coming in, their hip flexors hurt because they're sitting so much. Their neck hurts from being on Zoom. So taking care of your body just so that you can, like, have healthy, every, your countenance, like, your digestion, everything matters as far as, like, that it's not just to look really awesome in your leotard. Like, working out has 
endorphins. There's so many good things. And being getting all dressed, looking at the beauty of what you've created, uh, Simone, with the costumes and seeing, uh, yeah, there's just so much that's that's encouraging and uplifting in what you guys do. So I, I hope people will hear this and get excited for you, but also like maybe like there are some things I've dreamed about that I put on hold or like I just need a little bit more education. Like you guys have also shown that you've done your work. You didn't just like, let's just do a video or let's just make some costumes. I've got some extra feathers. Like you've done your work. And I think, you know, if we have this much time, what an opportunity. And like you said, you can learn from people all over the world. There's classes you can take. There's people to be inspired. And I just have to say, like, I want to do a, a podcast. And after going to the reunion in Paris, I'm like, as I knew I wanted to do professional dancers, then I went, no, it's only, it's these kinds of the bluebells and those stories move on adjacent. Um, that, um, I've had more fun doing this than I ever would have imagined because it's like, I have the time. It's something I didn't know that I would love doing until I did it. And so just, just like echoing back what you said, like you step into something that you didn't know was even your thing and find out like, Oh, there's a part of me that was not being fed that this is taking mm -hmm. care of. So I just, I hear that every one of your stories that, yeah, this is all given us an opportunity to maybe find out those things that we just never really got to yeah. pursue. So as we end, here's my blessing on you. I'm going to give you the blessing sign. May you pivot, swivel, bevel, and shine. I'm going to get t-shirts made. Actually, you guys make the shirt. Give me some credit. Put some sparkles on it. Yeah. Lots of sparkles on there. Yeah, we need some shirts to remind us. Like, you're still beautiful. Um, yeah, keep shining. Oh, thank you, guys. I'm excited to share all your beautiful content. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you for your support. Enjoy yeah. your workouts. Thank you. I'm at yeah. one day. <laughs> Keep Thank in touch. Let us know how you how you how you're going with them. I will. I'll send yeah. you a picture of my butt. <laughs> Please <laughs> before do. And before and after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank, Thank you, Sherry. Thank you. Thank